Hi, this is Brendan, and thanks for listening to The Collect Call. At the time we recorded this episode, I was hopelessly sick with an awful cough, so we thought it would be better if I actually did not appear on this show. So, there will be somebody else in my place. But the reason that I wanted to greet you here is that our listeners responded overwhelmingly to our call for contributions to our submission to the Badgerland Christmas album. For those who may be coming in a little late on this, we asked our listeners to submit a track for Persona Torie, uh, or On This Day, Earth Shall Ring, better known as hymn number 92 in the hymnal 1982. We are thrilled with the way this came together, and I hope you'll listen all the way to the end of the episode where we will be premiering this Christmas carol. You will also be able to download it from our SoundCloud page, and in not so long, you'll be able to download it from badgerland.bandcamp.com as well. I'd like to thank Sam Vaught, Frank Smith, Marlena Maynard, Derek Olson, Kyle Oliver, Holly Powell, and me for contributing to this effort. We hope you enjoy it. And now, enjoy the show. Sorry, Brendan, you're going to be editing me out a lot of this podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Collect Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. My name is Holly Powell, and I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And this, my friends, is a very special episode, much like the time that Jesse got addicted to caffeine pills. Um, because for the very first, the 104-episode streak of Brendan O'Sullivan Hale being on this podcast has been broken. Um, Brendan has a really bad cough, so everyone keep him in your prayers. But I have a special guest to help me out tonight. Uh, David, would you introduce yourself? Well, hi, Holly. I, I am David Sibley, and I am uh, I am for my sins a priest <laughs> in, in the Episcopal Diocese of Long Island, Just and I work at Christ Church Manhasset, just outside of New York City. I have had the privilege of being able to help you and Brendan from time to time behind the scenes. Indeed. And now, evidently, my voice, at least, has been deemed worthy to, to see daylight, so it's always fun. Fun. You two are excellent, and some of, one of my one of my weekly ro- podcast routines. So it's 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 fun to be here with you. Oh, thanks. We're really happy to have you. It is true. David is one of the folks who keeps us running. He is our webmaster behind the scenes, and we are very grateful for him. Maybe we even fixed the iTunes feed by now. It's fixed. Yes. Um, I searched searched today and I found us. So we had been having a little bit of an error message. Every time you would search the collect call, we didn't come up, even though you could still access our feed if you typed it in directly. So David fixed it for us. Yay, us. Hey, I can do that. The content... It, it's all you and Brendan, so well, it's it's a joy to be here. Seriously. I'm just going to go ahead and say this right now. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the collects of the Book of Common Prayer. Here is where Brendan would say, 
Collect is a funny sounding word, but actually it's just another word for prayer. And it's spelled like collect, as in you might collect and then he would have a really hilarious thing. But I don't have a really hilarious thing because Brendan's not here. So basically what I'm going to say is you might collect cold medicine to fix your virus so that you can be back with us next week. Such as Sudafed. Yes, you you might collect, for instance, the attention of various pharmaceutical tracking companies around the Indianapolis area Indeed. when when you have to present your ID to get said Sudafed. Because so, it is now harder to get than, say, an assault rifle. Not quite than your normal collection, but we're proud of Brendan for trying. We we tried really hard. So this week we are back in the. Collects for various occasions section of the BCP. This particular one is a heavy one. I saved the good one for the the collared folk. <laughs> this is the prayer for social justice on page 260. David, would you be willing to pray for us? Absolutely. Almighty God who created us in your image. Grant us grace fearlessly to contend against evil and to make no peace with oppression, and that we may reverently use our freedom. Help us to employ it in the maintenance of justice in our communities and among the nations, to the glory of your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Woo! (laughs) So. Yeah. There's some stuff. There is a lot of stuff here. I guess let's just start at the beginning. Almighty God who created us in your image. Sure. Right. So far, so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's it's a tone setting piece, right? right you know, right. It, it this, therefore. Right. The Sorry. Continue. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So we are in the image of God. Grant us grace. Now, here's the Holly Powell honorary almighty god grant us grace which is like 90 percent of the collects we pray and so therefore i'm feeling pretty good about this up to this point (laughs) then we get to fearlessly contend against evil yeah about that (laughs) how how do we do that so evil that's a that's a term that has some different meanings. And yeah, I mean, so, so the, you know, the question here is like, what evil are we talking about? Are we talking about social evil? Are we, I mean, it is, it is the collect for social justice. Are, are mm-hmm. we talking about what we might think of as like intrinsic evil, you know, evil that is beyond our comprehension, but we really believe is out there. The evil that, that, that we talk about in the baptismal covenant, right? When we, we talk about right. these things that corrupt and destroy the creatures of God, mm-hmm. like there's a lot there. The thing for me is though, is fearlessly because mm-hmm. I don't do anything fearlessly in this right? life. Right? <laughs> I barely get out of bed fearlessly. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, anxiety is my jam. And <laughs> and yeah, the, the, that was the first thing that hit me when I saw this colic. If you told me, grant me grace to fearlessly go and drink your Diet Coke, like, I'm going to have problems with that. Yeah, because... You know, what about the aspartame? Like, what's it doing to me? Exactly. Or this Coke might run out a little bit too soon for my mm-hmm. taste, mm-hmm. and this would be a life crisis. Yeah. So then then you couple that to contend against evil, and it's like, holy crap, how am I going to get this done? 
And then I, I'm like juxtaposing this with the whole created us in your image. So like, what is that trying to tell me? Is it that God would fearlessly contend against evil and therefore we should do the same? Is that what you think that's implying? Well, what what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that's probably how I took it anyway. I, I guess when I saw it, the first thing, you know, when I came back to that, it's almost like a buck up. You know, we get this nice little preface and to get us ready for the big weight that's about <laughs> to drop in just a second. Grant us grace. Okay, so we're not doing this alone, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. And created us in your image. You know, we, we may be distorted by sin. We may be part of some of these sins that we're contending against. But there is something within us that by God's grace can do something that we aren't completely hopeless or completely powerless but it requires grace Uh, right right i mean that's that's what hit me this colic starts out strong and it just keeps going i mean the hits just keep on coming with this one because after we've fearlessly contended against evil then we have to make no peace with oppression right so again you've got some some intense concepts here you've got oppression you've got evil and you've got peace like what what constitutes the peace of God? Right. Um, you go for it. Do I have to? <laughs> um, you know, you know, I I know that there may be this common belief that you know because I've got an ordination certificate on a wall and an MDiv that I've got a better grasp on these questions than anyone else. Mm-hmm. No, it just means that I that I just get asked them more often. That's yeah. really the only thing here. Sure, I'm struggling sure. with this too. It's interesting when this collect came up in our kind of rotation. I was reading through it to prepare for the recording, and I was like, "Wow, I don't think I've ever heard this collect before." And I know why, because it's pretty intense. <laughs> right. Have you ever used it? I have not. So at Christchurch, when we, you know, the times that you get to these these various occasions propers mm-hmm. uh, are, are generally our, our weekday Eucharists. Sure. And, and I'm not going to lie, if there is a saint that week that I can translate to that day and mm-hmm. they don't have nutty readings, mm-hmm. I'll do it. If there's a saint that week that generally does have nutty readings, I'll do it. <laughs> When I get to various occasions, it's because nothing is going on Uh or because I have decided that I have avoided the hard scripture and the hard colics for too long and it's time to get back to basics. Right. I found what was really interesting. Did you happen to look at the readings that that go along with, with this collect? I did not, no. There's there's two really interesting readings. The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah 42, a reading that would sound very familiar to Lent, right? Mm-hmm. Here is my servant whom I, I uphold, my chosen, and whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. But then it says... He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street, a bruised reed. He will not break a dimly burning wick. He will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Well, when you hear these like servant words in mm-hmm. Isaiah, you know you're leading to the cross, right? right you know, right. You, you know. Well, maybe not for for Isaiah, but that those are the images for us in our liturgy as Christians mm-hmm. that, that we're going to. We're yep. going towards that suffering servant. This is the sort of passage that sounds great on its face, but 
I'm more than happy to try to avoid. Right. Uh, if, given, <laughs> if given my own way. Because, you know, when we get to, to, to this idea that we are to make no peace with oppression. Right. And that, if we follow the track of Isaiah, well, that's that's leading to be that, that servant who is brushed for our iniquity and by his stripes we are healed. And I'm not particularly inclined to go down that route if I right. have control over my own life. And that's, I guess, where that fearless grace comes into play. Certainly, I don't think anyone would choose that path without having... God's grace guiding them or, or upholding them. And, and what I see here is a lot of stuff that I believe in uh-huh. that yes. I really want to do, but that I am scared oh, to attempt totally. to, to go after. Totally. Oh, wait, yes. can I curse on here? It's okay. A Brendan oh, okay. will edit, edit you if he needs to. Okay. Quite honestly, I would say that of all the colleagues we've talked about, this one is probably the one that lends itself most to cursing. <laughs> All right, well. You know, so then, okay, so we're, we've already, we have contended against evil. We have, we are not making peace with oppression. And then we have to reverently use our freedom to maintain justice in our communities. Ooh. Well, well, Holly, this has been a really fun podcast. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I am so glad you've been yeah. so insightful. Uh, I am afraid that the air in my house is not going to breathe itself. So yeah, it is right. time for me to go. That Diet Coke is calling your Yeah, name. the Coke won't drink itself. <laughs> yeah. How have I reverently used my freedom to support justice recently? Right. So I, I, I feel like this kind of... I, I'm going to work very hard to stay apolitical here. The Collect Call does not take a position on uh, politics writ large, but um, I can certainly see some interesting real-life examples of this in our current political climate. Sure. So thinking about Syrian refugees, for example. Right. So, and this is where I think it gets complicated because some people might say that to maintain justice in our communities, we need to open our doors to people of other nations um, who are fleeing oppression. Right. Other people might say that we are contending against evil by keeping these forces out of our country. Right. And I think that that there's there's not you know this is where Christianity hits the hard times for me because. I am a person who wants a roadmap, right? Like, I want to be able to look at my day and go, okay, well, I should go here, then here, then here. Right. And this doesn't tell me where to go. No, it doesn't. It's it's like the, the, the reading from the gospel where Jesus says, don't be anxious about tomorrow, but doesn't tell you how. Right. Yeah. I mean, if we look at difficult issues, if we look at the issues that are some of the most hot button divisive political issues of our time, whether it, whether it's about refugees and, and security and our, and, and our fear of the other or our need to protect ourselves, whether it is how people may view issues like abortion. I mean, you've got all sorts of issues where you, you do have people with no roadmap trying to fulfill, you know, their conscience as Christians. What does it mean for us to strive fearlessly against evil to maintain justice when other 
Christians may think something opposite for us. I, I don't know. Yeah, I certainly don't know either. And it's really easy for me as an opinionated person with an internet connection to say all the things on Facebook or Twitter about, well, this is obviously the right answer. Um, and anyone who doesn't believe that this is the right answer is wrong. But that makes me just as guilty as anyone else. I guess this is drawing me back to that word contend. That this is this is 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 maybe what what the collect authors are saying here is that, is that this isn't simply about the long term victory. You know, maybe it's it's not it's not ultimately about success or failure per se. Maybe it's about that struggle. You know, maybe it's about that that struggle, whether it's to our own conscience or society's conscience or or, or whatever that we're doing. I mean, that's the, oh. that's something that that I you know just came to mind for me. That's really interesting, David. Yeah, we may not get there, and God knows there's it's a sinful and broken world. We can do it. You know, there's a we can work forever, and there'll still be things to be done. Maybe uh-huh. something's about it about being unsettled enough to be disturbed by these things and then as by God's grace and where we're gifted to do something. That's a really interesting point. Yeah, it doesn't say to conquer evil or to, you know, emerge victorious, but just to contend against it and to make no peace with oppression. And that wording is so strange that it it feels intentional. It's not like smack down oppression in all its various forms, but it's just don't get comfortable with right don't get comfortable with the status quo when the status quo is a white supremacist culture for example actually that was going to be the the thing that came to mind for me is i grew up in in south carolina uh, and I grew up in a place where racism, whether directly or indirectly, was was implicit in the culture. I grew up in a town that was segregated, not by law, but in fact, there was a very clear dividing line in the town. Same here. Yep. It would be easy, I think, to look around town and say, you know, my life's going all right. I, I've got food on the table. The kids are in school. And not to notice the fact that less than a mile away, life is very different for, mm-hmm. for people, that, that this is a legacy of injustice, that this is a legacy of racism, that this is a legacy of systematic you know, oppression. It would be very easy to get comfortable with that. It would be easy, very easy to, to just not want to rock the boat, to not want to do anything, or to enjoy the benefits of, of where we are without having some sort of examination of our conscience and what we're doing from time to time. There has to be something said for us in following after Jesus and believing that God loves us where we are, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. That there's this, this, right. this peace, this internal contention, this internal struggle that, is, that, is, that we have to keep doing. This is a pretty intense prayer. And quite frankly, I think it's probably one that we should be praying a hell of a lot more often. Yeah. It leads me to another question because there's so much around us in the world. You know, there's so much scary stuff. There's so much injustice. There's so much oppression. And I have heard a criticism of of the Episcopal Church before be that the Episcopal Church is all about social justice and not enough about evangelism. Right. Right. 
to me, those two are so linked that I don't see a difference, but I'm curious if you have any, a different take on that. Um, it's a tough question. This has actually been something I've been wrestling with as a, as a priest recently. Uh, in my diocese, we have one or two really gifted priests who are real activists in, in a way that, that, that I don't have that gift. You know, uh, two of our priests, both of whom I, 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 I call my friends, were, were arrested during the Occupy Wall Street movement uh, uh-huh. and have built some real bridges with, with, with parts of the community and, and just gotten out on the streets and gotten their hands dirty in a way that, that, that I don't know how to do. And my sense is, is, is that we need them in this church. The thing that I know how to do as a priest, the thing that I love doing as a member of the clergy, is being able to have conversations with people, to be, be able to work with people and walk with people along a path of discipleship. You know, and, and I think that's an evangelism piece. Mm-hmm. Um, my hope is that, that we have people that are so looking for the will of Jesus in their lives, so looking for, for the movement of God's spirit in the world, that when they see that stuff out there, they're going to respond. Mm-hmm. That they're going to learn to look at the world not just through secular eyes, but individually. So I see them, you know, as being two sides of the same coin. If we are, if we are evangelizing, if we are making disciples uh, for Jesus, you know, my thought is if we are truly following after Jesus, we have no choice but to contend against some of these larger forces in our society and say that you know, it is not okay. Uh, I think that different people will have different gifts on that spectrum. And I think it's entirely possible that different people on that spectrum will annoy one another royally <laughs> in, in, in their emphasis on, on, you know, are you a social justice person or are you an evangelism person? I, I, I think if you're following Jesus, you can't help but do justice. And I think when justice is being done in the world, it is through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you know, in our midst now. So I see them as linked. What about you? Yeah, no, I do too. And I think, I think that one thing that I, I have really appreciated about our presiding bishop, who um, hopefully is doing well, I understand he had surgery today and is, is feeling better and has come through surgery okay so thanks be to god for that but you know he has has held up throughout his ministry church-wide as as these two prongs of evangelism and racial reconciliation yeah i think the collect here actually lays out kind of a a neat intersection in that it says one we can only fight these injustices through god's grace Right. And two, we can fight these injustices to the glory of God's name. So it's like we can only do it because of God and we can do it to glorify God, but it has to be done. Yeah. And certainly in my own life, um, as I've become, as I've maybe walked farther on my spiritual journey or whatever you want to call it, that sounds very dramatic, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Things that I would see in my community or, or in the society, uh, maybe 10 years ago, I would have thought, eh, people are people. This is never going to change, you know, damn the man, whatever. <laughs> but right. but now I, I do feel a calling to actually act on those kind of frustrations that I feel. 
I honestly can't discern whether that's because that's a that's a Jesus thing or it's a oh god I have created a life that's out there living and is going to have to live with the crap that my generation has put on her world right. <laughs> kind of thing. Maybe it's both. If if we look at the collect, it doesn't give us room simply to talk about it. Right? Right. It doesn't give us room to put out a position statement and <laughs> and and and, and, and Pass say the resolution. Right. You know, it doesn't give us room just ju- just to say we are against this. Mm-hmm. We think this is bad. It's bad, okay? Mm-hmm. If we are, you know, fearlessly contending against evil, if we are making no peace with oppression, chances are it's going to be pushing us beyond our comfort zone. And that certainly has given me, you know, as I looked over this in, in preparation for our time together today, it's certainly been something that was tough for me to, to sort of hear and digest. I, I have considered, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just going to give a, a really silly example, but a few, maybe back in the summer, there was a, a Black Lives Matter march in Lexington, here where I live. And some friends invited me to go. And I was free that night. I didn't have anything going on. And I was like, yeah, okay, I should go. And then I got home and I was going to change clothes and head over there. And I was like, oh, I, I got consumed by the fear of, and it wasn't so much the fear that like, I don't know, I was going to get killed. Certainly that's a privileged position to be in, but it was more of a Will I look like an imposter? You know, I haven't personally been touched as a white middle-class woman by this movement. Is it inappropriate for me to show up and be a part of this? Right. And will I offend someone if I go? I don't want to encroach on other people's pain. So I didn't go, right? And I feel guilty about that to this day, as is evidenced by the fact that I'm still talking about it. But that's that fearlessly part, right? Yeah, and, and, and that's, I mean, it's its the same, I would say, for any number of clergy who um, have to contend with a congregation that may not, you know, it, on a Sunday after a major news story breaks, you've, you've got differing levels of opinion in your congregation, and you've got different shades of interpretation, and you have, you may have a mix of people that are of goodwill and of a different opinion, and people that are just not of goodwill, mm-hmm. and you, you never know, and, and, and you got to sort of stand up front, any person preaching on that Sunday, not just a clergy person, right. and to be able to to be able to 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 speak truth in that in that moment is is challenging. And I know my default is to shut up, you know, not rock the boat. Right. And you know, if we're following Jesus, if we're following what this colic says, sometimes the boat's got to be rocked. We got to be out of our comfort zone, and that's you know, like I said, that's that's challenging for me because I don't do anything fearlessly. You know, it's funny that you say that, that it's not just clergy preaching. I may have told this story on the podcast before. I can't remember. If I did, Brendan, edit me out. The second time I ever preached as a licensed layperson was the Sunday after the Boston Marathon bombing. Mm. And it was Good Shepherd Sunday. Mm. Because I knew, this is one of the nice things about being a lay person who preaches occasionally is that I usually know several weeks in advance so I can start preparing and not be like at the last minute trying to come up with something. But of course I had to scrap everything I had written and I preached about the fact 
that those two young men who had bombed the Boston Marathon were in the same flock as us. Right. I was really scared to do that. And right. luckily, number one, it worked out well. It, it was very well received. But two, you know, I had the luxury of being able to drop a truth bomb and walk out and <laughs> not contend with those people Sunday right. after Sunday after Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, I had a challenge here after after the the mass shooting at Emanuel uh, AME Zion Church in Charleston. I grew up in South Carolina, so that hit me fiercely, and it hit me especially fiercely when the news came out that the shooter who murdered these people in cold blood had sat with them in Bible study for an hour. It's commonly said, and it's true, that the single most segregated time in the South is Sunday morning. That is very true. I, I just from knowing that culture and knowing that history, knowing and sitting there saying that the moment that that he walked into that Bible study, alarm bells would have gone off for something that something was up. First of all, the grace that the the, the congregation showed in in studying and staying there with him, but also you know I had to preach the fact that we don't even get to the the, the shooting before we see our first sin in all of this, and that and that that the folks in that group would have had something at least one or two alarm bells would have gone off. Why is he here? To to have to say that that this was born out of a sinfulness that we have a part in, whether or not we want to admit it or not. Yeah, you always you always worry about how people will receive it. I think it comes back to that grace is invoked so early in this collect because, by God, it's the only way we can speak the truth. It's the only way that we can do any of these things without fear. Even with grace, there's going to still be some fear here. So, right. yeah, it's challenging. And that's why we were created in God's image. Gosh, somehow <laughs> it, it lies within us with God's help to, to, right. to, to do something. Well, I'm glad we've been able to solve the world's problems tonight. Yeah, well, I, I want to say once again, uh, I can't I, I can't thank Brendan enough for getting sick on this particular <laughs> collect. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I, I would have, I would have loved a cr- good Christmas collect or right. even, even, even something with just heeding the warnings of the prophets and forsaking our sins. Instead, we have, uh, had to solve social evil in 30 minutes. Basically. Yes, that is exactly right. Brendan, I hope wherever you are, you're coughing your little yeah, head off. Yeah, Brendan, you better get better and quick. <laughs> So a little bit if nothing else, because, you know, it's awful that we're subjecting the audience to my high squeaky voice. We need Stop your malefu- we need your mellifluous tones back. Um, you, 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 Brendan, are the Barry White of Episcopal uh, <laughs> prayer <Lay> podcasts. podcasts. <laughs> and there is a void in our lives right it, now, it's man. It's really true. It's really true. Just a little bit of history. We always try to talk about the history a little bit. This collect is from the 1928 prayer book, but according to our friend Marion Hatchett, there's actually some contention about who wrote it. Um, There was a bishop. Bishop Well, Jesus did. If it's in the 1928 prayer book, Jesus wrote it. (laughs) I don't actually believe that, for the record, (laughs) listeners. Obviously, you're correct. There is a bishop, Bishop Edward Parsons, who some claim wrote this prayer. Other people claim that it was composed by the Reverend James Martineau, who was a Unitarian. 
Whoa. Whoa. Guys. It does so, say Jesus, so So I was gonna say, did 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 did, did we take his prayer and just spruce it up a little bit with, with a couple know. of uh, a couple of Trinitarian references? Perhaps. Interesting. Regardless, whoever wrote it, I think they did a bang up job. I think it's a good prayer. You know, I think any prayer that leaves you asking more questions than having answers is probably a pretty good one. Yeah. So, uh, David, it is now time for the Twitter challenge. Okay. Are you ready for this? Uh, <laughs> ready is, is, is a relative term, Holly. Yes. Okay. Let's take a little second and write our tweets. Tell me when you're ready. Can you hear my cats fighting? <laughs> all right i'm ready when you are would you like to go first or last um you go first okay uh i i recognize for regular listeners this is going to be a little heavier than my normal mirthful tweet but i felt like that was appropriate given the subject matter there is evil in god in our world and only by god's grace can we face it fearlessly but facing it fearlessly is what we are called to do. Very good. Thank you. So mine is, I had five characters to spare. Nice. Uh, uh, Lord Jesus, by your grace, help me not to be afraid to see, speak, act, and pray for your will to be done in this world. Very nice. Hashtag uh, social justice. Sorry. Yeah. That, that, oh. that, that was the, yeah, forgot about that. I didn't have enough room to hashtag it, but... I'll just pretend that I did. <laughs> well, um, if you would like to tweet us your thoughts on social justice or get well wishes for Brendan or whatever you want to tweet us, we're open to it. We're checking the Twitter all the time. Uh, you can find us at The Collect Call uh, or you can email us if you're not a tweeter at The Collect Call at axe8movement.org. And um, our parent organization, Acts 8 Movement, can be found on Facebook or Twitter at Acts 8. That's the number 8 movement. David, thank you so much for being with us. Holly, this was fun. I it talked. Was to, fun. I, I, I feel like I talked more than I was supposed to, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Would you like to tell the people where they can find you? Uh, do, I, I'm not sure. After dealing with such a contentious <laughs> stuff, we've already said that fear is my jam. It's yeah, I, I am on Twitter, although not as much as I used to be. I've gotten quieter recently at, mm. at, at David Sibley. Uh, and so, yeah, find me there. You can always find him on Twitter during tennis tournaments. I tend to show up during, during, during sporting events, whether it's it's tennis or the Liverpool football club or the Chicago Cubs. So yeah, the Cubs baseball. We didn't even talk about um, the evil between the Cubs and the Cardinals that we have to deal with between us. Holly, I am to make no peace and it's fearlessly true. contend against it. And, and you are clearly in the wrong here. So it took me it took me uh, it took me all of half a second to know that. <laughs> um, and are you are you participating in Lent Madness again this year? I will be. I will be a celebrity vlogger once again uh, for Lent Madness. So, so uh, we've got we've got a all brackets day just happened back on November third. Uh, so the, the bracket for uh, Lent Madness came out. Lynn starts early this year. It starts on February 10th. 
So uh, you can you can get all geared up for Lent Madness this year. You can just visit www.lentmadness.org, and you can find everything you want to know about this coming uh, this coming Lent's uh, cadre of saints who will be contending for the Golden Halo. And now that you've amassed the the faithful collect call listening public, perhaps you will win this year. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> the times that I that I thought I had a winner, I yeah, I did. Maybe I won't get that. Maybe I'll get a nice dividend from either Scott Gunn or Tim Skank for talking <laughs> up their, their their brainchild. I, I can only imagine the the vast wealth that's coming your way as we speak. I, you know, I, I will be paid in coffee beans. That's that's what I'm certain of. <laughs> Lovely. Well, our music is Let All Mortal F- Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, which is distributed under a Creative Commons license. And you can find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And Brendan, feel better. And hopefully we will both be back with you next week for the collect for the feast day of St. Thomas. See you then. Six-winged seraph Cherubim with sleepless eye Veil their faces to the presence As with ceaseless voice they cry Alleluia, Alleluia Alleluia, Lord Most High Right star.
Amen.